From Freshworks, this is The Changemakers, a podcast following IT leaders as they challenge the status quo and transform the technology behind world-leading companies. Freshworks makes it fast and easy for businesses to deliver delight with software that's simple, agile, and intuitive. Welcome to Episode 2, The Game Plan. When you think of IT transformation, what comes to mind? Row after row of pristine servers, maybe? How about a stack of brand new MacBook Pros? Maybe some bespoke cutting-edge software? That's where most transformation conversations end up, but that's not always where they start. In today's episode, we'll investigate how changemakers plan their work, setting up their vision, objectives, and roadmap. And we'll learn how IT transformation often starts with something other than technology. You start with the customer experience and work back to the technology. That's Derek Rose, Group Head of IT and Deputy CIO at V Group. He joined the Maritime Services Company back in 2019 after a whirlwind career that spanned energy, finance, policing, and the automotive industry. While he didn't know much about life on the open ocean, he brought nearly three decades of IT experience with him. He immediately recognized that V Group's old IT system, which was little more than a shared inbox, had to change. But he didn't jump straight to a procurement or tender process for new technology. But that's before in the organisations I've worked in that we we pick a tool and go right. How do we make this work? Right. <laughs> so you're almost starting with the technology and trying to make the experience fit the technology. And more often than not, we get it wrong. Yeah. And I've learned the hard way. Absolutely learned the hard way with that one. So it's about flipping that 180 and saying, okay, what's the experience that I want to offer my customers? Okay. And how did I get there? So for me, there was it was about business case, terms of reference, however you want to call it, technology statements, whatever, whatever it may be. But for me, it was about, okay, I need a central point of contact. I need a way for people to pick up the phone if they need to. I need to deliver an environment that they can self-help so they can go on and they can look at knowledge base because people like to think, fix things themselves. You know, we're, we're inquisitive by nature. So let's give them the ammunition to go and, and find out about how to fix things, you know, and their knowledge then increases as a result of it. So the knowledge base was a big part of it for me. And there was the ability to track where their resolution was at any given time. And, and that was about, I'll jump on now and have a look. So that the ability for the tool that I was going to look at had to be, go and have a look and find out where your ticket is at any point in time. Similar to the personal experience that we have when we request services at home. Once he had an experience to aim for, Derek could begin working backward to the technology, a search that eventually led him to fresh service. Derek isn't alone in his interest in user experience. Most IT leaders think about how end users and engineers will feel using technology. But one changemaker took a rather unusual step to ensure his colleagues' experiences were represented. So we kicked off what I call as a democratic process for software selection. We did a bake-off between all the tools And I made it democratic where I had users and my IT engineers both using the tool to try and see whether they like it from an end user perspective, from an agent perspective. Because what most people forget about is the tool that the IT engineer uses to provide service to the end customer matters. That's Prasad Ramakrishnan, Freshworks' chief information officer. While he currently heads up all of Freshworks' infrastructure and security, he's talking about his previous experience at a pharmaceutical SaaS company where he worked as CIO. To understand this organization, you have to understand something important. It was built on Salesforce. Its first product, a life science CRM, used Salesforce as a platform. Internally, all of its go-to-market teams use Salesforce products. 
Even their IT team used Salesforce, and that's where the problem started. What I was finding is, well, Salesforce, it's a great platform. Nothing wrong with the platform. It truly is not an ITSM platform. Replacing their old service desk wasn't going to be easy. The company loves Salesforce, and if he was going to convince people to move, Prasad knew he'd have to involve them in the process. He emailed the whole company, telling them he was going to replace the old ITSM platform and ask for help selecting its replacement. He also asked his peers, other department leaders, to nominate one or two people to contribute. The response was overwhelming, and at his first meeting, Prasad's evaluation team had 75 people. Now all he had to do was find the best way to involve each of them in the process. When you're choosing a tool, right, and this is a methodology which almost every IT department in some form or shape already have, right? They call it as a scoring matrix, where you would put what is called as a weighted score, where in the most simplistic form, visualize this as a table where you say feature functionality has a 40% weightage. The cost has maybe a 10 to 20% weightage. The stability of the vendor has a 10% weightage. Customer references and other things has like a 20% weightage, right? So every company has some form of a criteria that they use for choosing vendors. Now, where the cross-functional democratic process comes in is in terms of voting on the feature functions, which is the most important thing. The reason you're buying this tool is because you want to transform the way support is being delivered and deployed today and make it attractive for the end users, right? So what we did is came up with a set of criteria, things like, How easy is it to report a ticket? How easy is it for us to build a report? How easy is it for us to add a new user, change the grouping and change the routing? Then we brought them together, had them all play around with the tool. And this is where Freshworks was great, right? I told them, hey, guys, we're going to go through this process where I would need you to give me the trial licenses for these people so people can try out what what it looks like. And so that's how we got people involved in the process. And then after the one or two week trial period, we brought them into a conference room and said, tell me what you like, tell me what you didn't like. It was on a five-point scale, tell us what you were, what you would put as a score, right? And then we had a big whiteboard in which we had the features listed on the left, and then we had everybody just go and write the score against each of these. Brought it into an Excel spreadsheet and did a weighted average score. Combined with scores for stability, references, and price, Prasad created comparable scores for each product. The winner was Fresh Service. And this wasn't just Prasad's choice. A 75-person strong cross-functional team had helped select it. And that held sway in the organization. I know it's a little bit more complex than you going to the poll poll booth and then pressing the button to say who the president is. But this is a, a little bit more involved than that. But it makes it a scientific process and a transparent process, right? You don't have any favoritism or any bias getting into the picture. Everybody sees what's there on the whiteboard. Everybody's bought in. And so I'm sure there may be a few people who do not like the tool, but they're seeing that 75 other people who like it. So it kind of helps build consensus. Both Prasad and Derek kickstarted their transformations by looking internally. They studied their own experiences and the needs of their teams. But there was another option, looking outward and learning from others. Happily, I think it was pretty self-evident. And in fact, there was already movement to to kind of make these changes, to lean into um, an IT service management structure as part of the operational strategy, for example. People were were already talking about adopting ITIL, for example, ITIL best practices. And we were simultaneously evolving some of our project management practices as well. Meet Peter Basquette, Vice President of IT at Riverbed Technology. When Peter first joined Riverbed, its service operations were pretty poor. But he says the company was already committed to improvement. They were already talking about adopting processes from ITIL. That's the Information Technology Infrastructure Library. 
It's a set of detailed processes that condense down global learnings and best practices. It was music to his ears. Instead of starting from scratch, Peter could use their work as a strong foundation. On top of ITIL, Peter layered learnings from Dr. John Cotter's eight-step process for leading change. The framework is built around a simple eight-step process. One, create a sense of urgency. Two, build a guiding coalition. Three, form a strategic vision and initiatives. Four, enlist a volunteer army. Five, enable action by removing barriers. Six, generate short-term wins. Seven, sustain acceleration. Eight, institute change. Using a combination of ITIL best practices and Cotter's process, Peter had a robust roadmap. He could hit the ground running, driving tangible change from his very first day in the job. But Peter's transformation is a story for another day. You've been listening to the changemakers from Freshworks. They say that the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry, but no one thought to tell that to our changemakers. With exacting precision and care, these IT leaders crafted clear transformational game plans. Derek Rose honed his ideal end-user experience and then found the technology to power it. Prasad Ramakrishnan's harnessed the wisdom of the crowd to select new technology as a unified team. And Peter Basquette tapped into decades of collective experience, learning from everyone else's mistakes so he didn't have to make them. On the next episode of The Changemakers, we'll discover how these meticulous plans coped when they met reality. Will they bend and bow or shatter under this strain? Coming up. I think there's nothing wrong with setting it up and then adjusting it on the fly. You know, it's almost like the Google and and other startup ways of working is, you know, you throw something at the wall and you see if it sticks. We weren't damaging anything. We weren't going to break anything. We would still be able to respond to people's support requests. And we had the ability to learn and refine the product in a live environment, which we could have never have done in a hypothetical environment. Thanks for listening. To learn more about our changemakers and deep dive articles into each interviewee, visit changemakers.freshworks.com stories. Please rate and follow wherever you listen to podcasts. The Changemakers is a production from Freshworks. Additional production by Studio Pod Media, narration by me, Mercy Lee Bell, writing from Campfire Labs, and our editing is by Nota Lab. 